Thank you, Sister Carrie. Karen. Thank each one of you for being here this morning, and we're especially grateful for Sister Gail and her uh, favorite daughter being here this morning, and her favorite granddaughter. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, we're glad that you're uh, here, and please continue to remember Sister Gail in our prayers. And uh, and I do want to uh, let you know the church has done a wonderful and grateful great job in ministering to the family helping family yesterday you was just outstanding thank you very much for all that you uh, that you did in helping the family and providing uh, for them and uh, so many of them you got in there and cleaned up the kitchen now we can't find anything but <laughs> it looks looks great did a good job and uh, really yesterday was just you were just exceptional in how you provided for the family and everything and, and also how you have made contact with Sister Kathy, uh, the family, and uh, bringing her sandwich trays and other things, the fruit and vegetables that was taken over there yesterday. She appreciates all of that so very much. And the visits that so many of, many of your church members has uh, gone to see her or contacted her. And, uh, and uh, don't stop doing that. Same way as Sister Gail, don't stop doing that. And uh, uh, it's, it's difficult to lose a loved one. And it's very difficult situation and circumstance with Sister Kathy. Uh, and right now, subject to change, uh, the services uh, will be next Saturday. It'll be at, uh, I'm not sure where the, uh, the, what is it? Angleton Cemetery. Okay. All right. And uh, so remember uh, this family and your prayers if you, uh, uh, if you will, and uh, thankful that, uh, so very thankful for your love and compassion uh, that you have shown these families in a very special way. Thank you. And, uh, we do want to remember others that have expressed special interest in our uh, uh, prayers, and uh, please pray for the lost and uh, our missionaries all over the world and their families in your, uh, in your prayers. Open your Bibles, if you will, to the book of uh, Jonah. Uh, I want to read verses 1 through uh, 3. If you can find the book of Daniel, then Hosea, Joel, Amos, Abidal, then Jonah. You'll remember all that, right? <laughs> what I've uh, liked for you... Uh, to consider the thought this morning is, Lord, send someone else. Send someone else. And please pray for your uh, pastor. He'll be coming, I think, his first Sunday right now. It will be the 6th of May. I think that's uh, correct. And please pray for him. And uh, as you work on the parsonage, trying to get it ready for him, he and his family to move in and uh, so they can go ahead and move down the field and... Uh, start uh, helping you uh, uh, as a pastor. and uh, But I want to go ahead and get started. Jonah chapter 1, and I have, we have, my wife, I'm glad she's able to come with me this morning, uh, enjoyed being uh, with you. But uh, Sister Karen said yesterday that after you're gone a week, we'll not even remember your name. 
<laughs> Maybe she didn't say that. <laughs> but uh, I, we do need to remember uh, Sister Patsy. She was feeling fine when I talked with her yesterday, but it's the company she had, I'm sure, that made her feel the way she had. She's feeling today. And, uh, I think Pat and Sandra was over there. Was y'all over there? Was it? Gladys, yes, Gladys. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yes, that's. <laughs> but uh, remember her and your prayers, and I know she was enjoying them, uh, uh, been there uh, visiting with her yesterday. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amphithel, saying, Amithel, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. For this opportunity that we have to approach your throne of grace. We thank you that we're able and privileged to call you our God, our Savior, our soon coming Redeemer. Thank you, Father, for the privilege that you've given me to stand before this eternity bound people. Father, I thank you for the freedom to proclaim the truths of your holy writ. And I ask, Father, this morning, as your Holy Spirit works in the lives of each and every one here today, that whatever the needs may be, whatever decision may need to be made today, I trust the decision will be pleasing to you. I trust that everything said and done will exalt the very name of our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. And all these things we ask in his name. Amen. God calls people to different places to do different things for him. We find at this particular occasion, God calling Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach against sin. But when God called him, basically Jonah said, send someone else. I'm not interested. That's really not a good response when God is calling you to a particular uh, ministry. Well, what a contrast when we look at this in response was compared to the book of and the prophet Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. When God asked, who shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah's response was, here am I. Send me. Unfortunately, many children of God today are more like Jonah than they are like Isaiah. Our Nineveh that God is sending us to or leading us to, it may be repentance, it may be reconciliation, or it may be restitution. For us, it could be any of those things. We don't know. That's between the individual and God. But unfortunately, a lot of us are on boats 
that are sailing to Tarshish while God is saying, go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. That may not be the most popular place to go, especially for Israelites at this particular time. And it may not be the most popular place for us to go. But if that's where God wants us, then that's where we need to be. Jesus talked about two roads, two ways, and two gates. And we need to ask ourselves, where are we headed? Are we headed on a boat to go to Tarshish? Are we headed on a boat to Nineveh? There are only two roads in the Christian life. One road leads to Nineveh. One road leads to Tarshish. While God is saying to each and every one of us, go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. It may not be the most popular place to be. It may not be the easiest move to make. But God is saying, go to Nineveh. What road is the will of God? One road is the will of God. The other is disobedience to his will. Some words in this church, some words, there is a job for you that no one else can do. Only you. Each one of us each one of us is very valuable to God and has a very special part in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice in verse 1 the call of Jonah. The call of Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. I want you to notice that this call from the Lord is very personal. Perhaps God speaks or spoke to him audibly as he did to Abraham. Perhaps he spoke to Jonah in a vision as he did with Peter on the rooftop. It may have been in a dream the way he spoke to Joseph. It may have simply been an impression on the heart of Jonah that God spoke to him. I know that's the way God spoke to Apostle Paul when he, when he wanted him to go to Macedonia. Apostle Paul wanted to go to Asia Minor. God said no. Then Apostle Paul wanted to go here. God said no. And he said, okay, I'll go to Macedonia. Apostle Paul was a servant willing to go and to do whatever God wanted him and wherever God wanted him to be. And this is something so very important. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. It's something I pray about all the time. I always want to be. I want to be within God's will. And I want to be where God wants me to be. 
And that's very serious for each and every one of us, to be where God wants you to be and do what God wants you to do. I don't know exactly how God talked to Jonah. There's a lot of different ways. But he did speak to him. Maybe the word of the Lord will come to you this week. Maybe he has already. The word of the Lord has come to you. Listen, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 1. I want to read verses 1 and 2 of Hebrews chapter 1. Now, I want you to notice the call of the Lord was very personal to Jonah. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Now listen, when you look in Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Listen, God is no respecter of persons. And God not, not overly concerned about where he has to go to share the gospel to a lost and dying world. He leads each and every one of us. That's why we have missionaries all over this world. And I, I get excited because many of our missionaries that served on foreign soil, we find that now they're children that was with them all those years on foreign soil. Now we find their sons and their daughters wanting to go and minister in the same field. That's exciting, folks. But God is like that. He has a mission field and he has a work in different places. It may be in Richwood. It may be in Alvin. It may be in Houston. It may be in Tinbuck too. But there's some place, some place that God has a ministry and he needs someone to work there. Listen, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days Spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. God is speaking to us today. He speaks to his children through the convicting power of God's Holy Spirit. And there's nobody here knows how he's speaking to you, what he's speaking to you about. But you alone. But you know. God knows. And that's what's important. That we do exactly and go and exactly where he wants us to go and do exactly what he wants us to do when he wants us to do it. Is that always easy? No, it's not always easy. It is always a place that we want to be. Is it always a place that we want to go? No. But the most important decision that we can ever make is to be where God wants us to be, wherever that may be. He said in Hebrews 3, 7, and 8, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your heart, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. The call of the Lord, wherever, whatever 
it is that he's calling you to do, don't rebel against him. Don't harden your heart. When you know it's the right thing to do, and that's what he's saying here in Hebrews 3, 7, and 8. When the Holy Ghost is calling us and leading us to do something, even as a church, he may be leading this church to get involved in the ministry. He may be leading this church to do something. And when it's overwhelming, and we know that's what God wants us to be doing, then we shouldn't rebel against him, and we shouldn't tell God no. Whatever it is. And I, and I tell you, I'm thankful for the mission-mindedness of this church. And I know you support missionaries, and, and I know you help me and my family out as a, a missionary with Texas Mission Builders, and thank you. Thank you for that. And the others that you help as well. But never give up on missions. Never give up on missions. That is the most important ministry of any church. That's just my opinion. Psalm 16 and 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The Holy Spirit will direct you, folks, if we will let him. He will direct us, and he will lead us, and he will guide us. If we will let him do that. Listen to what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed thee in the belly. Before Errol Lynn was born. He knew all about it. He knew y'all was going to get this house too. Excited for him. That's the great God that we have. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Listen, folks, we're all called. Maybe not to be a pastor. Maybe not to be a pastor of the church. There's a lot of preachers, and we all ought to be preachers. But God just calls certain ones. The pastor, and that pastor is to preach, to pray, and to minister to the needs of the church. To be there when the church needs him. Whatever it is, to be there when the church needs him. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations, wherever it is. I want to tell you something, folks. God is no respecter of persons. This church should never be a respecter of persons. And I'm thankful that you're not. But we have a responsibility to, lost, to reach out to a lost and dying world, regardless of who they are. Responsibility to reach out to them. And this call of the Lord, it was personal to Jonah, and it's personal to each and every one of us as well. And that's how we need to look at the call of the Lord. Not look at it how it applies to someone else. But right here. And it applies to us. Then I want you to notice the call of the Lord was powerful. It usually is. The work of the Lord. I remember some 50 years ago when the Lord began to deal with my heart. 
And I was not a very nice guy. And it's not something that I'm proud of. But I'm going to tell you something. Over 50 years ago, when he saved my soul and touched my heart, in the same way with my wife, God changed our lives. God changed our eternal destiny. God changed our habits. God changed our want-tos. God changed our desires. The moment Jesus came into our heart, he did that. But unfortunately, he wasn't through with me then, just saving me. He wasn't satisfied with just saving me. 1974, he called me into the ministry to preach the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I like to think that I've been faithful to him and faithful to the churches that he's called me to. And that's all I ever want to do, folks, is be faithful to my Savior, my Redeemer, and serve Him in whatever capacity that I can. And that should be the desire of each and every one of you as well. Whatever ministry He has for you, whatever He has for you to do, then be faithful to it. And God will bless you because of your faithfulness to whatever ministry. Say, well, it's not important. It's, it's like a man that told me one time, he said, Brother Clint, all I do is open the doors to the church and, and carry out the trash. He's in his 80s, but he said, and I said, Cecil, if you don't do it, guess who's going to have to do it? Then I'll have to do it. Someone always has to do something to say, well, it's not important. It depends on who you ask. If this is what God wants you to do, then be faithful and do it. Doesn't matter how little or big it might be. It doesn't matter what other people think. This is between you and God. And that's what matters. For even here in two in 1 Peter 2 and 21. For even here in two were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Follow Jesus. When everybody else quits doing what Jesus wants you to do, follow Jesus. Don't quit. But I said, well, they quit, they give up. It doesn't matter. Our responsibility is to follow Jesus. Somebody else stumbles and they fall. Follow Jesus. You'll never go wrong. When he's your example, when you're following him, you'll never go wrong. Follow Jesus. It says in Romans 11 and 29, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God's calling, God's calling is without repentance. Isn't that exciting? 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I have said this over and over again. The infallible, the inspired word of God, 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. It is all applicable to each and every one of us. We can't take what we want and leave everything else out. It's all applicable to each and every one of our lives. The cry of Jonah 
Arise, go to Nineveh, Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Jonah's cry was to be pointed. Go to Nineveh. And I think most of you probably remember that Nimrod found in Nineveh shortly after the confusion of uh, the tongues in uh, Babel. Nineveh today is what we call the modern-day Iraq. And folks, Christians are being murdered, sacrificed all over in that part of the land. We need to pray for them. Historians believe that the population exceeded hundreds of thousands. A cry made up of wicked sinners in the capital of Assyria. Mean people, cruel people. They hated the Jews, and the Jews hated them. That's why Jonah wanted to go to Tarshish and not to Nineveh. Folks, there's no place for that. There's just no place for that. The gospel is for everyone. And it took a little bit to, for God to get Jonah's attention for him to understand that and to see that. But he did get Jonah's undivided attention. Cry against it, for their wickedness come up before me. Preach against the wickedness in Nineveh. Folks, there's no place for it. We've got to preach against sin. We can't compromise with the world. The world says, leave this alone. Jesus said, preach. God said to Jonah, preach against the wickedness in Nineveh. We cannot cry out against sin if sin is controlling our own hearts and our own lives. Somewhere along the line, God's people has got to cry out against sin and get rid of the sin in our own lives. Repentance before God said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I sinned against you. I'm not supposed to look at what Daryl's sins are, though there are many. <laughs> My sins. My sins. And folks, that's what God wants us to see. Not somebody else's. Isn't it easy to see others' faults and their sins? Isn't it easy to do that? But folks, what God wants us to see is our own sins. What God wants us to do is repent of our own sins and ask him to forgive us and that we might go on and be the victorious servant that God wants us to be. And he'll give us victory, folks. The collapse of Jonah when you look in verse 3. Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it and go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Joe's, Jonah rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. Folks, we cannot, we cannot leave 
loose ourselves from the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. God is everywhere. But we can leave the place of worship. We can forsake the house of the Lord. Not that he wants us to and not that we should. But sometimes God's people do. And he says, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much more as you see the day approaching. He said, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. One of these days, he's going to come and take his church out of this old world. Listen, folks. Sin separates us from the presence of God. Remember Adam and Eve? They had a perfect situation, folks. But somebody, somebody didn't like them honoring God with their life. And that same somebody is the same one that encourages us to live in sin rather than to separate ourselves from it. Remember that? Adam and Eve gave in. God said, where are you? What was they doing? They were hiding from the presence of God. God is still looking for us today, folks. And he don't want us to be in a situation that we're hiding from him. And sin causes us to hide from him. John 6 and 20, 66 says this. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. The worst decision anybody can ever make, the worst decision you will ever make when you decide to leave the Holy Spirit out of your life. Because when you say, well, I don't want that direction, then you're leaving God out and you're leaving the Son out. You can't have one without the other. You can't reject one without rejecting the other. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all God, they're all one. You reject one, you reject them all. Our downward spiral away from God. Winding, circling, always going down. Verse 3 said this, And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down to it. You notice what it says there? Went down into it. To go with them under Tarshish, he was leaving the presence of the Lord. God wanted him to go to Nineveh, but he decided to go down to Tarshish. Listen, folks. He went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. He went down into the fish's belly. He went down into the deep. Folks, we see an example of here of sometimes people getting away from God, fleeing from God, going down, down, down. Does that mean they lose their salvation? No. We're all sinners. But sometimes, folks, people get so far away from God, they lose sight 
of what God had done for them. And somewhere along the line, God's people has got to reach out to them and let them know that God still loves them and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and God's people still loves them, cares about them, reach out to them. We have a responsibility not only to reach out to the law, but God's people that is no longer serving the Lord and to find out why. Reach out to them. Because somewhere along the line, they started going down and away from God. And if we were honest with ourselves, most of us had done that on occasions. And we needed the Holy Spirit of God to lead us in the direction we needed to be going. We serve a great God. We serve an awesome God. We serve a loving God. That not only wants God's people to honor him with their life and to serve him, but he wants to save the lost. And I don't know, maybe there's someone here that have never trusted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. He gave his life. He shed his blood on the cross at Calvary for the redemption of all mankind. But he wants God's people to come back to him to honor him and to serve him and repent with bitter sorrow before righteous and holy God and let God know, I'm sorry. And I want to be the servant that you desire for me to be. We need to be looking up, folks, not looking down. Look up because one of these days, my God, my Savior, my Redeemer is coming back. And we want to hear from him. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou has been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Don't we want that? When we stand before the king of kings and lord of lords, well done. Well done. That's what we want to hear, folks. And we can hear that. We'll be faithful to him. And do whatever it is that God wants us to do. This morning as we stand and we prepare this song of invitation, what is it? What is it that God wants you to do? Whatever it is, we need to make that commitment to Christ. As we sing this song, what do we sing? Page 377.